This is a Healthier Michigan podcast, episode 44. Coming up, we discuss how we can all measure and track our fitness. Welcome to a Healthier Michigan podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to navigating how we can improve our health and well-being through small healthy habits we can start implementing right now. Tis the season, right? We're all thinking about this as we head toward the new year. I'm your host, Chuck Gatica. Every other week, we sit down with a certified health expert from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan, and we cover topics like nutrition, fitness, well-being, a whole lot more. On this episode, we're going into ways to track our fitness with me today. Back again, our on-site well-being coordinator, Dan Muncy. Good to see you. Good to see you again, Chuck. Yeah, you're with Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan, of course, a wellness, uh, the wellness department. You've got more than 10 years of experience in the wellness industry. And your degree from Western is actually in biomed, right? Yeah, I wanted to go be a doctor at one point, but I thought, you know what? I got to teach people how to do the right thing so they don't need to see a doctor. All right, so we're going to get to them before they need to see their doc. So let's talk about this idea of how progress makes perfect. If we're not tracking or measuring our progress, we don't know if we're making any progress at all. And so we're going to explore this idea of how to measure and track our progress. I'm doing it all the time. I've got an app on the phone. I've got a smart watch. I mean, I've, I've gotten to the point where I'm like Pavlov's dog. I mean, you know, but I'm paying attention to the stuff I'm doing and I guess you could say the stuff I'm not doing. I agree. I think there's that level of accountability. I mean, when we start talking about the benefits, the first thing I always like to say is it's important to set benchmarks. And yeah. I think that these tools let you do that. The nicest thing is you've got like the Fitbit. Hey, I need to get 10,000 steps a day. Really simple benchmark for you to look at. And when you're talking about SMART goals, you're trying to find things that are specific. And SMART isn't an acronym, right? Yeah, yeah. It's specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time. So you just want to keep those things in perspective of if it's going to be specific, I'm going to get 10,000 steps. If you want it to be measurable, you know, you want it to be have meaning. So if you know why you're doing it. It's going to keep you showing up every day. If it's achievable, you know, that's something that you can do. It's not something that's unrealistic. I'm not saying I'm going to get 20,000 steps. If I sit at a desk all day, it might mm -hmm. not be easy for me to get that. And then if it's relevant, it's nice that you can have that realistic goal that every day when you're showing up, you can tell yourself, this is something I can achieve. I mean, there's that book by the Navy SEAL where it's make your bed to start your day. It's yeah. just kind of get those small goals that you're just knocking out through the day. It's going to help you in the long run find your goal over time. So, you know, as I look at the A, and I've used SMART in other ways when I think about things, even in the business world, people mm -hmm. use it, right? But the achievable part to me also is easy to assign in my mind to consistency because I try to get 10,000 steps a day. To be honest, I'm probably about 7,900, 8,000 steps. I'm not quite there, but consistently every day if I track it, and I'm hitting 8,000 steps, and some days I'm at 13,000. I mean, I'm working hard at it, but you know what? It's consistent, and I actually feel pretty good about it. No, and I think the best part is when you are consistent, you're forming those healthy habits. You know, whether you're getting your steps in or drinking more water, that opportunity that every day you show up and understand that it's a big picture. One day I might get 5,000 steps. The next day I might get 15,000. But at the end of the month when I look back at it and I see I averaged 10,000, I know I'm doing something right. But at the same time, if all of a sudden I'm like, man, I really dropped off this month. Yeah. What did I skip? You know, was I not walking in the morning? Was I not making time to go for a bike ride at least once a week? You know, what was I picking up steps or physical activity that I dropped? And then 
it's easier to kind of go back to the drawing board. So I went through this with my aging parents at the time. Drinking water was a big deal. I couldn't even relate to the idea personally, not to say anything against them, but that you would forget to drink water, Mm -hmm. but they would. Yeah, no. Is this something you see across the board regardless of age, that some people just zone out and they're like, oh, you know what, I don't understand. I don't drink water. Well, you saw I brought my canteen today. I think it's it's something where you can try and sit there and tell yourself, I'm going to get 64 ounces of water, but... I see that with my own mom. I see that with groups when I'm on site, people that are dehydrated, people that sit there and talk to me about it. They're tired. And I'm like, well, did you drink enough water today? You're like, well, I haven't had water since this morning. And it's it's something that if you aren't physically keeping track of, and that's, again, why we're talking about these trackers today, logging your drinking habits. If you had eight ounces of water, log that eight ounces. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to kind of help you build those healthy habits so you do it almost without thinking. I've seen it generationally from kids all the way up to seniors. I think hmm. water is something if you're not thinking about, it might not be in the forefront of your mind of something you need to do every day. And remember, if you feel dehydrated, you're way past when you should have been drinking water. And I've seen the canteens or the bottles that have the LED lights that flash to mm-hmm. remind you. So, I yeah. mean, if you're looking for the smart option to kick you in the pants, right, <laughs> there are ways to get reminders now. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Yeah. So how do we keep ourselves accountable Uh, Maybe another question would be, how do we keep our spouses accountable or have them keep us accountable, you know, because peer pressure is good even when you're not a teenager. No, and I, Chuck, I I couldn't agree more with you. Accountability is something that is going to help you be successful. I think it's important to have a good circle around you, whether that's your parents, your friends Mm -hmm. and family, people that check in. I think that people that go to the gym with someone are significantly more successful because they're not doing it on their own. They have somebody else that's going to say, hey, 6 a.m., coming to pick you up, or I'll see you at the gym. And I even looked into a study by the American Society of Training and Development. And in that study on accountability, they found that 65% of completing a goal, if you commit it with someone, and if you have a scientific accountability appointment with that person, you've committed an increase of 95%. So that's not only are you, if you're doing it with someone, but if you've committed to doing it with someone, you're going to be up to 95% more likely to work out. So do you find this is kind of a personal question because I know you like being around family. Do you find being a wellness coordinator, you can turn yourself into a coach? Is that an upside for you with friends and family or do people go, oh gosh, here comes Dan again. You know, I'm off track on my tracking. I'd say it's give and take. Uh, I think that's a great point, Chuck. So thanks for calling me out on that. Um, (laughs) But no, like on the last podcast I did with you, I talked about hiking and how I've definitely guilt tripped a few friends of mine to get up early on a Saturday and hit the trails. Yeah. But right now, we're, you know, we're all planning a big trip coming up, and we decided to kind of have an accountability group. Everybody kind of checks in every day, talks about what they were doing physical activity-wise. But within that group, I still have friends that, you know, post them going out, maybe getting a drink or a cocktail. And although at first I was very reluctant to be like, man, I can't believe they're posting this instead of what their physical activity was. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, whatever helps you get through the week. You know, we all have different coping mechanisms. So I don't guilt trip anybody. I think we all have our, our success stories. And I think that I'm hopefully just helping those friends and family just make that decision to work out just because they thought of me. But we all run that fine line of trying to figure out, are we serving as a coach, you know, as a motivator? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's just by actions that we have. We don't even have to say anything. And also then being somebody who's haranguing another person. And I walk that fine line with people I know, too. I don't want them to harangue me much, but... I really appreciate somebody who will come alongside me, you know, kind of like a jogging partner, you know, somebody yeah. who goes with you. It really helps out. 
So let's talk about this idea of tracking. So many ways to do it. You can download free apps. That's what I've done. I've got the Lose It app. I love it. It's tracking food. All my steps kind of populate through my watch into my phone. So I've got all this high-tech stuff working, and I'm just amazed by it all. What are the major upsides for tracking? Well, I think the biggest thing that's going to help us keep us aware of our goals. Um, And so, like I said, we talked about the 10,000-step goal, and I think it has to be achievable. You know, it's something that we're constantly working towards Mm -hmm. and understand that it's a process. You know, you're not going to change a bad habit overnight. You just kind of got to keep chipping away at it. So first and foremost, I think it keeps you aware of your goal. If you're tracking it for steps, logging your calories, your water intake, all of a sudden things become easier because you're doing what you wanted to do. You're checking a box every single day. And I think that that is that level of accountability and consistency that we all need to be successful. So with the new year coming, it's pretty easy to create a a new idea of what 2020 is going to look like, and then we fall off the wagon within the first few weeks of January, right? So the idea of consistency is fine and all that stuff, but what can you do to encourage us that even if we stumble a little bit that, you know, February is coming too, it's okay to start again, right? No, I think that this is a great podcast because it's bringing up a great point on tracking your steps, tracking your, your fitness goals. I looked into a study from the 2011 from the American Dietetic Association, and there was just ample evidence. They did a meta-analysis of a bunch of different studies, and it was consistent and significant positive relationship between self-monitoring diet, physical activity, weight, and then the successful outcomes from that. Basically, they were looking at a wide variety of measuring tools. So if you were just writing in a journal, if you Mm. were tracking it on an app, and it was significant. The people were so much more successful doing that. So I think it's a great opportunity looking forward to 2020. And if you are training on planning a new goal for yourself, what a great opportunity to know that if you write it down every day, if you're tracking it, if you're logging it, you are going to be more successful than if you weren't. I remember years ago, I saw a video and it, it was showing a, uh, it was a, a stock market video, right? And it showed the ups and downs of the stock market. And the one thing that we tend to forget as human beings, as long as the stock market is going up and down, people think that's okay. No, not really. If it's going up and down, but the inclination of the line is up, even with the ups and downs, as long as that trajectory is going up, you're okay. And I think of my diet that way. I think of my exercise. I think of my life that way. I'm going to have ups and downs, but as long as it's going up in general, I'm doing okay. And that helps me visualize, in my mind anyway, that I've got a goal Sometimes I fall off the wagon, and then I come back, and it, it all kind of works out as long as it's heading up. No, and I think that you, again, brought up another great point, that we are going to have those days that we wanted to get 10,000 steps, we yeah. wanted to log our water, and we didn't. Don't beat yourself up. It's okay. Like, you fell off, you can get right back on the next day, and the goal is that we're trying to form healthy habits that are sustainable over a lifetime, not just, hey, I wanted to make sure I worked out for a month, and then... Let's hope we do it again next year with Mm -hmm. our new goals. And when we talk about modifying our goals and our tracking, we've got to be honest because here in Michigan, it's dark, it's cold, the snow and ice. I mean, we've got things that we can do, but we can talk about physically modifying where we even go to work out, right? It doesn't have to be outside walking 10,000 steps. I would encourage people maybe to get out if they can. I think that I benefit from people not hiking in the winter months. That fresh air goes a mile for um, your own health and well-being. I think it brings some mental clarity. But changing it up, Chuck, I think you're, you're right on. If it's 
swimming if you haven't been doing it, taking a cycling class, going to yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can even be a mall walker. Go over to Great Lakes. There's people that walk miles every morning. They don't have to worry about the inclement weather, the temperatures controlled, and you're able to get in there, even get together with that accountability group. Maybe it's just catching up with a friend or family member. And again, it's it's physical activity. It's overall. If the American Heart Association wants us to get 300 minutes of physical activity, then that's what we're striving for. I think that it's however you break that down. I think old Dan would have been like, you need to be doing HIIT workouts. You need to be cross training. But nowadays I find that it's just people need to show up, find that level of physical activity in your life, and then be willing to modify it, change it with the seasons and know that, hey, you know what? Maybe we just got a huge snowstorm. Maybe you can't make it to the gym. Find a simple at-home workout. You can find something on YouTube. You know, there's all these fitness apps out there. I like the Nike app. I think they do a great job with warm-up, exercise, and cool-down. Mm. So I think that, you know, being able to modify your workout and know that even if you're injured, there's a workout you could be doing. I mean, when I had my knee injury, I couldn't run, so I started hiking. You know, and I know that people that have had shoulder injuries, maybe they... They can't lift weights, so maybe they start getting in the pool. So it's what works for you. I think it's just being consistent. So it's interesting. This past weekend at church, we saw a lady who we were on a trip with um, to the uh, to Israel. She's 88 years old. She's had a stroke. I said to her, so how, how are you? She said, I'm great. It's turned a little cold, so we found an indoor track at a different church. They happened to build a track and a gym. She said, I'm doing a mile to two miles a day, and sometimes my daughter and I do three. And I looked at her. Susan and I walked out shaking our heads like, well, there's a reason she's 88. Mm-hmm. I mean, what talk about encouragement. So you're never too old to be what you're supposed to be, which in this case is an encourager to others. And she had no idea she was even encouraging us. But she's modified her workout yeah. at 88 years old. Isn't that wild? Well, and again, I think she's being consistent. And that's yeah. why she's lived to 88. She's found this measurable that I want to be physically active and I'm not going to let a shoulder injury, a stroke, a knee problem stop me from doing it. And there are great facilities like you brought up. She yeah. she found one maybe in her community or in a neighboring community that she can get to in the winter months, not have to worry about the weather. And that's important. I think that we can't let these small hiccups of you know weather... It's darker out. I can't get up in the morning. You know, you just have to find that consistency and be willing to modify your own daily schedule. But when I say that, I always think that it's important to remain accountable. And when I talk to my groups, I talk a lot about scheduling physical activity. Mm. And for those of us that are lucky enough to experience working from home, put it on your calendar. You know, if you were going to maybe have two hours of commute time that you're gaining from working from home now... What an awesome opportunity to put that hour on your schedule. Put it right on your work calendar. I'm going to work out for an hour. And then all of a sudden, you're gaining that time back. I want to double back to something you said. When you said old Dan, to me, you're still young Dan. But when (laughs) when younger Dan used to self-impose the idea that you had to go on a high-intensity workout, what's changed for you? Why why are you not putting that pressure on yourself? Well, for me, it's goals. Goal-related, I think before I, I wanted to be an Olympic athlete. I wanted to be at the pinnacle of fitness. I see. And now I just want to be healthy. You know, I want to know that I'm reading the studies, and it's not really about necessarily what you do. Sure, there's more effective exercises like high-intensity interval training. You might get more out of what you're doing instead of like a steady-state cardio. But at the same time, it's still steady-state cardio. Mm-hmm. It's still exercise. It doesn't matter whether you're gardening, you're shoveling, I mean, you can be even just doing household chores, and that's physical activity. You can't break it down and tell yourself that that doesn't count. 
But the big thing is, is it going towards your goal? And so before I had this goal of maybe lifting a certain amount of weight or running under a certain time, but now it's just, I want to make sure I'm physically active X amount of minutes a week. And whether it's tracking it on my Fitbit or there's like my fitness pal, there's a lot of great apps that my generation, I think utilizes. Yeah. I previously used to write it down in a journal and I loved being like, oh man, I just squatted this much weight. That's like five pounds more than last week. And it'd be those small little wins. Now I'm doing all that on an app. So I think you have to find what works for you. And obviously, like I said, old Dan, maybe would be shaking his head at me right now. But like I said, new Dan understands that there's goals for yourself and everybody's different and you don't need to judge someone because their goals are different. And the 300 minutes you mentioned, that's supposed to be the goal per week Mm -hmm. for exercise? Yeah, no, that they there's a lot of different statistics out there. You know, they even talk about 75 minutes of vigorous activity. Um, so I always like to go to peer-reviewed sources. You heard me talking about a couple scientific studies from some peer-reviewed journals. It's just important to have that conversation with your doctor, especially if you're going into the new year and you're thinking about starting up a new exercise plan. Maybe work on your goals with them so they know what is realistic. I mean, I might be sitting up here telling you it's 300 minutes. If you're not doing anything... Starting with just sure. 10 minutes a day, that's yeah. 70 minutes of physical activity in your week that you're getting that you weren't before. And that 10 minutes could just be a simple walk around the block. So it's important to understand that it all adds up. And that's what the American Heart Association is trying to let you know that however you get to that, it doesn't matter. If you're going to do 200 minutes in one day because you went on a family bike ride and you were on the river walk downtown, you went to Belle Isle, you got to see all the sights. Well, that's awesome. You can count that towards your goal. But if you were just doing 20 minutes a day, that adds up too. So, And isn't the same thing true of nutrition? It's not just the holiday parties we may have come through you know, with our companies or even mm-hmm. our families. But when you're working out and you've got a plan, that little piece of birthday cake, that stuff that just kind of falls in line because it's normal life, it's okay if you cheated it one yeah. day because it's all consistency. And I know that I've probably talked a little bit more about physical activity because that's my background. And yeah. I thank you for steering me back on no, course no, no. there, Chuck, because it is true. Nutrition is the same way. If, you know, you go in with healthy habits of, of you know, maybe making your breakfast. You maybe brought your lunch to work that day. Maybe get invited out to go to dinner and maybe you're able to grab a burger or grab something you really enjoy. Don't beat yourself up because you did that. It's the consistency. Are you eating what you should every single day? Are you focusing on getting your five servings of fruits and vegetables? Are you focusing on eating nutrient-dense food, you know, food that you're going to actually get a lot of vitamins and minerals from? You're not Mm -hmm. just getting processed food that isn't going to have a lot of nutritional value to it. Explain to me and everybody, nutrient-dense. Are you talking about like an apple, if I hold it, it's dense, but it's got all kinds of stuff in it compared to a cookie? Is that what you mean? Yes, absolutely. So when you're looking at nutrients, it's more than just carbs, fats, sugars, you know, we're looking at all of a sudden these vitamins and minerals. And like, when you look at leafy greens, things that you're going to get a lot of bang for your buck. I can thank my girlfriend for that. I used to not be a big leafy green eater. And now because she loves lettuce, I got stalks of lettuce in my house. I don't even know what to do with, but I'm, (laughs) I've been eating a salad every day because I know that if I don't eat it, it's going to go bad. And all of a sudden I look at, we talk about relationships and positive impact and that's something that somebody brought to me in my life, you know, mm-hmm. that I didn't know how to do it. All of a sudden, I got a, a salad spinner. I'm washing my lettuce. I'm cutting it up. I'm spinning the water off it and putting it back in the fridge. And it's fresh. It's enjoyable. I had an awesome garden this year for the first time. I just had tomato plants and bell peppers. And it was just so awesome to be able to pick that, take it inside, cut it up, maybe make a stir fry. I made my own pasta sauce. 
or maybe I'm just throwing that on my my lettuce. And it was yeah. that positive, like, like you said, it was this nutrient-dense, just flavorful food, and it was really enjoyable to have. So I can't wait to make that garden again next year. Yeah, that's great. All right, so let's do a long recap, right? Yeah. Let's take a minute to do this because I think so many points can fly by all of us. We're looking to track our progress. Let's talk about, in a list, if you will, give us a list as we head for the new year. What are the things we should be thinking about? Well, first off, create that plan. Make it smart. Make it realistic. And I'm not going to lie, you're not going to lose 20 pounds overnight. It's hard to replace a lifetime of changes. So you have to think it's it's going to be small and measurable. And I like to bring up the fact that if you're replacing these high-calorie foods with low-calorie alternatives, so that could be replacing french fries for a salad. If you're reducing your portion sizes and helping you cut calories, and just remember, if you're eating 3,500 calories, that's about a pound. So if you're cutting out 500 calories a day, and that could just be something as simple as going from whole milk to skim milk, and all of a sudden you're you're losing that 500 calories, well, over the course of the week, that could be one pound. So mm-hmm. I think that's realistic. One pound a week, 500 calories a day. You know, obviously consult with your doctor, but the first thing is to be realistic. The second thing would be to keep a journal. We've been talking about it today. Whether it's an app, it's going to give you that opportunity to be successful because you're logging your steps along the way. You're logging your water intake or your food. I've been using the Strava app, um, and that's helped me log my mountain biking and my hiking or rucking. So Um, what is it called? Strava, S-T-R-A-V-A. Okay. And the cool thing about it is it's like I have this community of friends that like to do that, and we're able to post what routes we took all of a sudden, I'm understanding that I didn't even know I could go to that wreck area and bike over there. Oh, yeah. Or I didn't know you could take the river walk that far. Or I, you know, my buddy runs Detroit all the time. And I'm like, you just ran in the Detroit Marathon. Shout out, Marlon. Way to crush it. <laughs> um, but I think it's the opportunity that when you are tracking those journaling, those workouts, you're going to be more successful because all of a sudden now you have a baseline and you can build from that. So first was create a plan. Second was track it with a journal. Um, and then if you can use a measuring tape, I think that that's an opportunity that we all got away from. We, we started really focusing on the weight. You know, we were like, weight is our ultimate goal. We want to make sure we're losing pounds. Um, but when you're working out, you might be putting on muscle and your water weight really impacts what you're showing in the scale. So if you are going to weigh yourself, you know, make sure you're doing it once a week in the morning. But I did talk about measuring tape. You can check your, you know, your hips, your legs, your arms, your chest, Really simple to get body measurements, and then that might help you actually get a more realistic goal of what you're actually achieving along the way. That does seem a bit old school. I think people have have stopped thinking about, you know, I'm going to take the tape measure and measure my belly. Mm-hmm. I, you don't hear about that as much as I hate the scale. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of think that myself. It's well, like, oh, that's an evil device. And it's easier, though. I think it's easier to step on a scale than it is to grab a measuring tape and go around those few points. But we live in a modern age. You can find that information on how to measure yourself online. Grab a measuring tape from a local hardware store. Even your grocery store probably could pick one up down one of the aisles. Sure. um, That's a good one. So another thing I wanted to bring up was to take a before and after photo, which is so rewarding. Um, I did that the first time I did the Insanity workout program from Beachbody. And I was real skeptical. I was a big, heavy weightlifter. was like, oh, I never want to do these cardio exercises. And I did it, and it was so awesome to see myself after, I think it was 64 days of hard work to see where I was day one and where I finished, and I posted it. And so that's 
you maybe another moral of taking a before and after photo is posting it maybe to Instagram or social media. People have like a flex Friday where they're showing, hey, I worked out today. They're just getting out there, maybe showing their arms, taking their shirt off, I think. It's just this opportunity to, to show others in your community that you are working at something, and then you don't know who that might inspire along the way. So so the idea of taking a before and after, it's always the before that gets everybody freaked out, yeah. right? Because if you've got a cool after, I mean, you know, <laughs> you, you walk in the grocery store, and there they are in the front of magazines, mm-hmm. before and after. You're talking about taking this to another level where you're going to share it, but mm-hmm. you said something important within your community. It doesn't have to be to everybody, no. right? Yeah. And I mean, I, that might even, like I said, I have this small circle of friends where we're posting pictures, we're, we're keeping each other accountable. Like we've definitely all had a day where somebody posted that they worked out and we all looked at it and we're like, man, yeah. I can't believe Cam checked in today. But you know what? I'm going to check in today too. I'm going to clock in. I'm going to put in the work. And within that, we've even had those success stories, you know, friends that have finally got back into it and they're seeing success and, you know, they're posting their own photos, whether that be with just us in our group chat or then sharing it abroad. See, you know what I find so cool about this, and you mentioned it too in in many different ways, the friendship and the camaraderie that's involved because we read all these studies about how loneliness is increasing in Mm -hmm. our society from young to old, right? Well, if you've created this circle of friends who's not only encouraging you, but now it's a new circle, it would seem to me to be a great way to stay connected to people, you know, and, and move away from another problem area potentially, which is, I'm lonely. I, I, I have friends, but I really don't stay connected. Well, this could fix that. And I, I think it's important that we remember ourselves like you kind of are what you surround yourself with. So if you are surrounding yourself with people that are posting and positive messaging, it's going to help you along the way. Because like I said, even I have those days where I'm negative and it's important to have that support group around you. All right. So we're going to keep logging and talk about logging food. Yes. So now if we're talking about food, I'm thinking carbs, fats, proteins, And that might be kind of mysterious to people. How do you get that information? And the nice thing is there are some great apps out there that you literally can find anything. I talked about the MyFitnessPal earlier. When you're logging nutrition, I mean, they have every single food Mm -hmm. product you can think Mm -hmm. of. Even if you're grabbing fast food on the way home and you didn't want to, you're able to go back, log that, see what you had. Um, And then at the end of the day, you can go back and say like, wow, I can't believe I ate that many calories. And that's the best part of logging your food is it kind of keeps you from binge eating. And I think that we've all had that moment where maybe we didn't eat enough for dinner, we didn't have a big enough lunch, and we get home and all of a sudden we're eating all the food we can get our hands on. When you're logging your food, all of a sudden you understand what you're intaking and how many calories are coming from that. I think it's important to understand your caloric intake because at the end of the day, if you want to lose weight, You need your calories in to be less than your calories out. So whatever you're taking in has to be less than your body's putting out. And so if that's the Mm -hmm. truth, you're going to be burning. And the same thing is true with these apps of tracking your sodium intake. And, you know, the one I've got, the free one, it's got a barcode scanner. (laughs) You can just scan the, you know, God forbid you have that can of turkey chili or (laughs) soup and you realize you've just had your whole day's worth of sodium. But, you know, you you can scan stuff. It is that easy. Mm -hmm. It really can be. All right, so let's leverage up everything that we're talking about. What can we leverage up so we can really be healthy overall? You know, at the end of the day, I think you need to find what works for you. I mean, we talked about a number of different apps on the podcast today, talked about just the simple paper and pencil plan. But the wearable trackers, I think that they give you that opportunity to put it all in one place. Um, We talked about my Fitbit app. That's letting me track my steps, my food, my water intake. It's got a heart rate monitor and a GPS. So... Mm. No matter what I'm doing, I feel I can log it on my Fitbit. 
And for me, it's I'm not um, as concerned with that information being stored on Fitbit because for me, it's it's so beneficial for every day I can look back and know that I drank my 64 ounces of water or because I'm wearing it to go to sleep, all of a sudden I look it back and I'm like, you know what? I haven't been getting restful sleep this week. Yeah. And that's why I've been beady-eyed every morning. And, you know, if it's tracking steps, it's it's that simple reminder when my Fitbit buzzes me every hour that if I haven't got my 250 steps, what a nice reminder that, like, maybe I've been, you know, down at my computer or I've been in the lunchroom all day giving a healthy eating exercise to individuals. And all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? I need to stand. We were in a meeting yesterday, and I loved that, you know, culture's kind of changing where it used to be kind of rude to stand up when somebody else was talking. But now it's you have the ability to stand up in the meeting, maybe even walk around or get up from the table, you know, do some simple movements or stretches. So I think all that kind of stems back to just wearing this this Fitbit, making us all more knowledgeable about what we're tracking. And so if that's the case, just find the app that works for you. Don't be afraid to Google what your options are out there as well. And, you know, so many other devices, obviously, the watches, you can look at your resting pulse, but even the number beds now, the you know, the air mattress things, they're tracking sleep and how you're doing and what are your goals and which way do you move at night and, and showing you restful sleep. It's amazing. And we need it. I mean, obviously, if we're looking at the stats and statistics, I mean, as a nation, we're probably as unhealthy as we've ever been. And hmm. I think it's important that we gauge that a lot of our problems you know, physical activity and healthy eating are going to have a great impact on obesity, diabetes, high cholesterol. And those are some major things that are going to eventually even lead to heart disease. So something as simple as just finding more time for physical activity, eating more fruits and vegetables, drinking more water, that's going to make the big difference in the long run. Dan Muncy for president. That's what I'm saying. Dan is an on-site well-being coordinator with Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. It's great to see you again. Thanks again, Chuck. Thanks for all the great tips. And, you know, we want to leave you with a good one. Don't overthink this, right? Just implement first. Start small, baby steps, work your way up. We all know about New Year's resolutions, and then sometimes they don't work. But don't, you know, don't get down about this because there's a new day coming tomorrow, and you can start over. Keep track of your workout And once you have a handle on it, you'll be able to see all these other aspects of how you can track it, start measuring your food intake, just baby steps. And you will wake up and your before and after will be an amazing journey for you. We want to hear from you too. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for listening to a Healthier Michigan podcast. It's brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. If you like the show, check us out at a healthiermichigan.org slash podcast. We've got a ton of great episodes previously that you'll be able to find great stuff about and leave us a review a rating on apple podcast or stitcher Uh, to get the new episodes on your smartphone or tablet be sure to subscribe to us on apple podcast and spotify or your favorite podcast app i'm chuck gatica have a great rest of your day